0: Friends, I've been thinking a lot this week about memory and how memory is a very interesting thing. Many of us can think of early childhood memories of different people or big experiences in our young lives. For me, I remember long camping trips with my uh, mom's extended family where my cousins and I would go play and go fishing with my grandpa and, of course, nightly s'mores over the campfire. My wife was a psychology and counseling student in school, and I was really interested to learn from her how much of our earliest memories are really pieced together throughout our lives by things our parents and other family members have told us. Even more interesting is the tendency we all have to embellish these memories, over, especially years over time. And perhaps also as intriguing is why and how we might forget some memories over time. This idea of memory, of a shared community memory passed on to future generations, is really central to our reading from the prophet Isaiah this morning. See, an idea central to Israel's faith throughout Scripture is that faith begins with memory. Memory. And by memory, we mean a shared memory. A memory of faith passed down from your parents, from their parents, and so on, to tell us who God is and who we are as God's people. The key issue at hand here is forgetting. And not just one person, but the danger when a community loses this deep, shared memory of God of who God is and who they are as God's people. Bill Carl, former president of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, calls this worry of Isaiah theological amnesia. And this is of utmost concern to the prophet in our text. Scholars believe that the book of Isaiah is really the work of three prophets, writing at three different crucial points in the history of Israel and Judah. First Isaiah, which uh, is chapters 1 to 39, occur before the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem in the 8th century BCE. Second Isaiah, chapters 40 to 54, occurred during the Babylonian exile in the 6th century. And finally, Third Isaiah takes place after the exile and the return to Jerusalem. So our reading this morning is at the very beginning of the prophet's words to the people in exile. Chapter 40 begins with the beautiful words comfort o oh comfort my people and this message continues forward into our reading reminding people who God is and who we are in turn as God's people in the thick of exile Isaiah fears his people have forgotten who God is they've been uprooted from their homes and lives they're weary And now it's hard to remember what life was like before, back when they could worship in the temple, back when their their homes were, were, were rooted in generations upon generations of family members before them. But it's also hard for them in this difficult time of exile to remember who God is. Friends, today we may not be in a literal time of exile. If anything, being stuck in our homes could be the literal opposite of exile. But in this time of social distancing, we've been exiled from plenty of other things that are integral to the life we know and love. From having to worship virtually like we are now, to physically isolating ourselves from one another, we've experienced a similar feeling of the Israelites, of having our whole world turned upside down as a result of the pandemic caused by COVID-19. Friends, I want to stress that it's okay. It's okay to feel this grief and lament in such uncertain, foundation-shaking times. If anything, Scripture teaches us that these feelings are good. They're good to share and essential In Israel's long relationship with God. The prophet's concern here is not his people's lament and expressions of grief. No, Isaiah is concerned that Israel has forgotten just who God is for them in the midst of this exile experience. Now, into all this, addressing Israelites in exile, and to us in self-quarantine today, all alike, the prophet says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? In other words, Isaiah tells God's people then and now, Hey, wake up. Don't you remember who God is? Then the prophet masterfully refreshes their memory by cataloging God's power over creation and cosmos, saying it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. All its inhabitants below are like grasshoppers. This God stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent for us to live in. Here we're reminded that God is in charge of creation. God always has been and always will be in charge of this creation. This reminder of God's providential care of creation can give us peace and calm knowing who's ultimately in charge theologian, uh, Reformation theologian John Calvin called nature the theater of God's glory. And this is something Jesus alludes to in our first reading this morning, saying, God, clothes the lilies and the grass, so know that God will take care of you too. In this time of uncertainty and worry, there is much the beauty of creation can do to remind us of who God is for us, and this can give us a feeling of peace and calm. As spring is beginning to sprung all around us, what a perfect time to be reminded of God's sovereign care over creature and creation. I was reminded this week of a wonderful short poem by Wendell Berry entitled The Peace of Wild Things. Poets like Berry have a a very unique way of creating calm with their words that I've found myself drawn to lately. And this poem reminded me of our scripture readings and gave me a sense of calm that I hope will do for you today as well. Barry says, When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Friends, I could really end here. But as powerful and pertinent of a message as this is, that God cares for creatures and creation no matter what, it's also not all Isaiah has to say here. Because God is creator and sustainer of our world and of every living thing in it, this God doesn't faint or grow weary. God doesn't get tired or slow down. In other words, no matter what, God doesn't stop being God. And this God gives power to the powerless. This God lifts up the weary. The God we know in Christ is the God who is especially there for us when times get tough. Perhaps it's in the tough, uncertain times when we're actually vulnerable enough to experience just who God is for us. When our sorrows and troubles Make it feel impossible to get up off the ground. Isaiah tells us that this God lifts us up as if we had wings like eagles. I want you to notice in Isaiah's words, he never promises that we'll be without hardship, troubles, or sorrow in this life. He says, young or old, we'll all grow weary we'll all become exhausted and faint at some point in life. And this is exactly how his community was feeling in exile, hopeless to the point of theological amnesia. Instead of promising a life free from struggle, Isaiah promises a God who is especially there for us when times get tough, lifting us off the ground, giving us hope and strength to continue forward. All in all, friends, this passage is about God, and it's about us. More specifically, it's about where God is and what God does for us when all hope seems to be lost. In weary times, God is there for us. In weary times, we are vulnerable enough for God to lift us up as if on eagles' wings. Have you not known? Have you not heard? God is God no matter what. In this time of weariness and uncertainty, may we find ways to rest in the grace of the world, confident of who is in control and who loves us no matter what and who will always lift us up when we fall down. Amen.